0: Hello there and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast, a man you must grow up with today. We're joined by a special guest, which is the Newcastle legend, Gavin Peacock. We're here in uh, Bob Shop, where we'll, we'll start the podcast mm. about the great man himself. You roomed with him when you first joined Newcastle. Yeah. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I suppose it's great that his name has been
3: kept alive by something like this. Oh, it's, it, it's a fantastic tribute to a great man. Um, Pavel and I joined the club within days of each other, signed under Jim Smith. Uh, we both were, were staying at the New Kent Hotel in Jesmond. Uh, and so I got to know Pavel quite well, you know, two new boys together. Pavel was just this big, giant, uh, shy guy from the Czech Republic um, who'd come over and he was raw as a goalkeeper, had some talent, but he needed, you know, uh, certain things smoothing off in his decision making. But the, the key with Pavel is he was a very humble man. and and he was willing to learn. And he was instantly likeable. He and I roomed together uh, quite a bit in the early days and so I got to know him, know about his family, know about his background in the Czech Republic. Um, And it was so great to see him uh, get better and better at Newcastle, become the number one, and then have that great run uh, with the entertainers and and really win the the people's hearts here. Um, And so, you know, it it was just so tragic when when he did pass away just so suddenly, because he was, he was a big man, he was so but fit, well-loved, uh, so fit, and um, and I was being kept in touch with things uh, for a friend, Steve, Steve Wraith, um, and uh, just very saddened when I heard that he, he'd passed away. Um, but he was a, a man who gave everything for the club, who won the hearts of the fans, and, and, and he loved the club with all of his heart. And, in the end, his heart gave uh, gave way too early, but uh, I'm glad to see this place, and I'm sure that the, the fans will always remember him. And it's good to see that it's a it's a lively business, which has a has a, a smell of Newcastle about it, and of course, Pavel's face on the front.
0: Definitely, all the nice memories yeah, on the wall yeah, as well. Great, yeah. I mean, it's it's difficult to, I mean, you stopped only there a couple of seasons, but you are still held held in such high regard. I mean. Do you t- take a step back sometimes and, and just think, you know, you're, you're still well-known when you come back to Newcastle and you're still in people's hearts?
3: Yeah, it, it's just one of these special clubs. Um, see, I, see, I, my family, uh, my, my grandparents, that's my dad's mum and dad are Geordie's uh, from South Shields. I'd come here for holidays. Um, so I knew about Newcastle from a young age. My first kit was a Newcastle kit. So, uh, so, so I knew about Newcastle. A tradition. I knew about the club, the size of it, and my granddad would tell me stories about when he would go down as a kid. And um, and then when I came here, um, my granddad said to me, "He said, you know, the fans here. He said they're special. He said if they see that you will sweat blood for their team, he said they'll forgive you lots of mistakes you'll make." Um, and I remembered that, and I just remember thinking, well. They would, if they could get that black and white shirt on, they would sweat blood for Newcastle. So the least I could do is do that. And I think it maybe helped me, endeared me to the fans um, early doors. And then I began to score goals and immediately got a good rapport with them. Uh, Was involved with the survival season, which obviously ends with a great high at Leicester when we survive. And then was involved with the promotion season to get us to the premiership. So I think I had my most free scoring days here. Um, built a a really special relationship with a special uh, group of fans. And so when I come back, I haven't been here for years, um, Yeah, I suppose it does surprise me that people would still remember um, at the same time knowing what the fans are like here. There's, I'm not surprised because they are special.
0: So when you got that call, I think Harry Redknapp was the manager at, the yes. at Bournemouth. What was your reaction when he said you've got this offer from Newcastle? Yeah,
3: well, I mean, we were on the training field. I was at Bournemouth, and uh, as you said there, and uh, Harry was on the phone. And uh, often when Harry's on the phone, he could be placing a bet on the dogs or the horses. Uh, but this time, he'd been speaking to Newcastle, and he pulled me. Obviously, Gavin, Newcastle United have come in for you. He said, are you interested in going? Uh, there's a swap deal with Wayne Faraday on the table uh, and some money. Uh, and uh, I knew that's the move. Went home to my wife. We've just been married a year, just bought our first little house, nice little house in lovely Bournemouth. And I said, darling, we've uh, Newcastle United have come in for me. I said, I think we're going to go. And she just burst into tears and said, where's Newcastle? I said, it's north. It's very, very cold. I said, but it's a big club, and it's a great opportunity. And so we came. Obviously, she was great. We loved it here. We live in Durham City, actually. Um, and um, and uh, as I say, you know, just even little things like pressmen met me at the airport when I flew up. You know, uh, I wasn't getting that at Bournemouth. So just even that. And and Newcastle hadn't taken off at this stage. We had a table in the old and second division. Um, Roy Aitken was was captain. He gave me a tour of the stadium and. Uh, and he said, you know, get here, sign a contract here because I'm still doing the negotiations. He said, because if this place takes off, it'll be electric. Obviously, oh, so you, you mentioned Roy there and you were under some brilliant
0: captains. and yeah. um, castle today, brought got Jamal LaSalle. I mean, how important it is to have that, that that captain leading the team and kind of being the voice in the dressing room?
3: Yeah, I mean, you do need a good captain. You need a captain who's inspirational in their play, um, who's inspirational... Uh, in in what they say as well. Who can who can lead a, a team with their example, but also with their words. Um, Roy was was a was a real man's man and a good captain. I played under, learned from him. And uh, I mean, Kill, Killer Kill Klein came in, big personality, well respected by the players. I captained the club quite a few times when I was here as well, um, especially in that promotion the season um, because Killer. Was the team so? Um, yeah, one of my great honours was to captain Newcastle United, and I'd learned from people like Roy and, other, and Killer and others around that what it takes to be a captain of any team, but to be captain of Newcastle is uh, there's that little bit of extra pressure.
0: Obviously, you worked for some great managers, as well, Jim Smith, Ozzy, Kevin Keegan. Yeah. I mean, what was it like to, to work with the,
3: with boys? The Jim was a great football man with phenomenal experience and had an ability to pick a player, like to, to, to sign a good player, like for instance, Pavel, yeah. you know, where, was, where did he come from, Cherry out of the blue, turns into one of the great goalkeepers for Newcastle. Um, and uh, so, and he also had the ability to watch people five-a-side in training on a Friday, and a player that he wasn't gonna play looks good in the training and he'd go, I'm gonna play him, almost like taking a gamble, yeah? I'll play him. And that player would inevitably score on the Saturday. He just had an instinct, yeah? Um, so he was good like that. Aussie, when he came in, I loved Aussie, And all the young players loved Aussie because he made you... Uh, feel good, he gave you freedom to play. So there was at the time I think uh, a little bit of fear at St. James's because we weren't hitting the high notes and the fans were, you know, there's a bit of pressure there. And Ozzy would, and so he brought in young players who the fans liked because they were coming through from yeah. the youth system and gave them confidence to play. And for me, he really, you know, he said to me first day of training, you know, you're like a, a rough diamond. He said, going to polish the edges He's not going to play you at the, the head of the diamond because he played a diamond system in midfield. And that really was my best position. So Aussie just began to kind of help me flourish. And then the man, Keegan, uh, was just probably one of the best managers I've ever played under in the top two, really. I mean, I played for Glenn Hoddle, Jerry Francis. But Keegan was just a great motivator of men. Um, And uh, I could tell stories of Keegan and you know what what he would do, he'd do his Bill Shankly impressions on a Friday. We'd be up doing a Friday fiver side and he'd just come around, hey lads, he'd pretend he was Bill Shankly. (laughs) You're too quick for them, you're too powerful for them, you're going to smash them tomorrow and all of this. And he'd get the lads going, but he knew what to make to say to one player um, different to another player to get each one ticking on a Saturday. Um, And he just said to us, first day of uh, Training, you know, obviously we're languishing in the mid-table, lower, than that in the second division. He said, we will survive, and then this club will take off, just watch. And he made you believe it. And I think that's what great leaders, visionaries do, is that they take you beyond what you can see and make you believe the impossible. And that's, that's leadership. So
0: when you heard the news that Kevin Keegan was, was coming into a place,
3: I mean, what was the reaction? Because obviously he hadn't really been involved for, 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 for quite a while. No, no. So Kevin had gone off for seven years, lived in Marbella, played golf with Sean Connery. Um, and then he comes, you know, I remember he, like, Ozzy gets sacked, players loved Aussie. tears when Aussie left. And I'm driving home over the Time Bridge, and I hear on the radio, we've signed Kevin Keegan. And Kevin was a childhood hero of mine. Um, and I thought, wow, this is gonna be great. Um, and of course he just brought that instant um, energy to club. The fans obviously loved him for what he did here. So even though, It was a masterstroke for getting him in. Because even though he hadn't got the managerial experience, he had football knowledge and ability to motivate men and to put players together on a field next to each other where that would click in certain areas. And he knew, he knew what, he was a winner, yeah? He knew that he had had a job on hand to keep us up and then he thought, right, if I keep them up, I may be able to get a bit of money and I'll get them up. The Premier League,
0: and obviously he kind of, he got he got it got what it meant to the city. Yeah, that's kind of what Rafa he, has done yeah. this time around. Rafa is, you know, he knows what it means to the city to have a football team that actually tries and works yeah. hard.
3: Absolutely, uh, I haven't seen. Well, I'm in Canada now, so I haven't seen Newcastle actually play a game this season. And of course, last season being in the division yeah, below, yeah. we don't get the the the, the games out there. Uh, but looking forward to seeing them play, I think Rafa is a really good manager. I think you'll. That Newcastle will be defensively sound because I mean already I'm I'm just looking at the table today I mean uh, one of the lowest uh, goals against um, he's just going to be getting the goals but building from a strong base Uh, but think about Kevin Kevin's an attacking uh, manager but Kevin Keegan on that promotion season his first signings that promotion season were defensive players Uh, Venison Beresford Bracewell Holding midfielder So he, he said to me He so said I want to get A platform right So that the good attacking players Like yourself Can go on um, Benitez uh, If he's getting A platform right Then just needs to be Given the money Because you have to Have the money To go out and get A top striker Or goal scoring Midfielder you, you need the money To do it So I'm just hoping That um, he'll get that I think for Newcastle This season If they finish Where they are now That would be that's a great, oh, it's a great season to stay up is a good season, yeah. Um, and then go again, but uh, with what is going on in the background, with uh, is it Stapley? Yeah, um, and there could be something, a takeover, and maybe more money.
0: I mean, as a player, do you guys kind of did you when that kind of rumor services and there's rumors of takeover, obviously, Sir so John Hawking? And when he yes, was in the does it affect the players? Do you hear the noise going in the background, or do you manage to kind of just concentrate on the training pitch and on on the football.
3: I think it does have some effect because you know that it can affect you as a player. Um, Let's say, you know, there's a takeover and money comes in, well that could be really good. Or they could buy someone in my position and I could be out. Uh, uh, I remember Kevin, he he, uh, he walked out after, uh, do you remember? He walked out after, I don't know how many games it was, around Easter time because John Hall hadn't given him the money he wanted, and he said, "That's it, I'm out." And so he kind of made a stand. And I remember that, for instance. Oh, like I loved Kevin from the off, and now I'm suddenly thinking, "Not again!" Like, like there's instability there. Um, so the players do hear it. The players do do listen. But ultimately, you know, when you're on that training field, when you're on the field, on the field of play, uh, you you tend to block those other things out, and you're just playing for the club. Now so when Keegan first came in. It,
0: it, worked quite well but then towards the end you know relegation was, was a, well it was a real possibility and it got down that Leicester game and yes. um, you scored the, the goal and then there was the famous own goal mm-hmm. I mean can you just describe that game
3: yeah it was uh, like nothing I've experienced really I mean I've played in promotion games but relegation battle that is a that's a nasty kind of pressure there were I think there's one or two that actually puked up in the dressing room as well before we went out um I was in pretty good form goal scoring wise that season, so I felt quite confident and then that the, the break of the electric atmosphere, of course the Geordie fans were there in force and um, it broke through for me and I just remember thinking oh, I was confident I was going to score, the keeper's going to come out and just going to clip it over him. Uh, back of the net, 1-0 up, broke the pressure for us a little bit and of course then they get an equaliser with Walsh, header and then... Uh, at that point in the game, in the second half, we didn't know whether a draw was enough to keep us up or we had to win. We were shouting at the bench. Kevin didn't seem to know. Uh, Terry didn't, Mac didn't know. Derek Frazakali didn't know. So we didn't know what to do. And then, of course, a long punt down the field, dying minutes of the game. And uh, by this time, my legs are gone. I've got my socks around my ankles. I think I was getting cramped in my calves. When I chased Walsh, the one who scored for them, uh, he was the center half, I chased him down and he poked it past his own goalkeeper. I remember arms, my arms went in the air because I knew that's it, we won. And as I began to spin away from the goal, their fans just surged onto the pitch. And now I started to run away from their fans and our fans start to come on from the other side and I'm thinking, I'm going to get caught in a clash here. So I started to run for the from the side and Kevin was on the pitch, get these guys off, get them off, someone's going to get hurt. So in the midst of this great elation is this concern for the players, the uh, players, welfare and of course we didn't want any fans getting hurt um and-
1: this is a cast recommends every week we pick one of our favorite shows and this is one we think you're going to love
2: hello i'm jeff lloyd and i recently had a baby with ed milliband a baby podcast that is Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent ACAST app or wherever else you get your podcasts.
1: ACAST is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: And, uh, and of course we celebrated. I and mean, it was funny because I was meeting some friends in Leicester afterwards and my wife and I were walking to the car after the game me and her, and him and his wife, they lived in Leicester, and we're walking down a, uh, an alley, and we've seen some fans coming towards us. Yeah. And we're like, and they started sort of making noise, like they've recognized who I am. And I'm thinking, oh dear, I've got my wife with me here, we're down an alleyway, Leicester fans are gonna, gonna get beaten up. And as we got closer, they started cheering, one <laughs> well, Gavin Peacock, the Newcastle fans, <laughs> and uh, throwing their arms around me, and, and celebrating the fact that we, we yeah. we'd survived.
0: Really, and obviously, then came the, the promotion season. Kevin went out and bought players. You had a, a good, better use as well. Lee Clark, Steve Watson. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, what was that summer like when you when you saw Kevin was coming in? Was there was an excitement in the dressing room.
3: Great excitement in the dressing room. And, and you see, with the likes of Bracewell, Venison, um, Beresford, they brought experience. They brought high standards in training. All of a sudden, training standards were high, so that the players wouldn't let you. Make a bad pass, or if you did, it was like, "Come on, the next one's got to be right." So what you have is better players bring good players up to a better level. Um, Lee Clark, another year under his belt, really flying. Love playing with Lee, one of the best all-round footballers I've played with. Howie really started to bed in as a good centre back. Tomo in the, in the in the wings there, and so we've got the good local lads there. We've got me and Kelly, Dave Kelly, a bit of continuity there from. You know, that, that, rele- uh, that relegation battle to the, to the new days. And then the new boys coming in. Add Rob Lee into the next end, who was going to become one of the all-time great Newcastle players. Um, and, and Andy Cole coming in, you know, in the latter stages. Uh, it was just a brilliantly, brilliantly worked campaign from Kevin. Brilliantly timed with his signings. And we played some football that season. I mean, I not long ago watched some of the football we played. In that season, we went up and it was, we were unplayable at times.
0: And I mean, was there an expectation amongst the players that that would happen? The, the style of football, the, how well it went that season? I mean, did you guys see that you know,
3: forthcoming? Yeah, because it was the way Ke- Kevin made us play. Like, training was so positive, and you would make a mistake and he just, come on, get on with it, don't worry about it. You, you weren't playing with fear. And then you saw the players that were around you, suddenly the five sides were pinging. Like we had this good standard of, of play, so it was, it was very much 5 sides 8 sides technical work, shooting, finishing. So very, very positive stuff. Obviously we did some teamwork, um, but I could see, you could see in training what we would start to produce on the field. Then we start a good start against End. Bracewell scored a great goal that day. Um, and we just started winning game after game. And of course then belief starts growing. Yeah. Then you just can't wait for the next game. Uh, what, what was
0: for what was it like with Keegan and Terry because it always seems like you always hear stories it was so much fun yeah, I mean, was. how did they keep the balance between the yeah, fun and yeah. keeping
3: it serious that's a good question because that's not always easy and Kevin did that well he he had aura about him he respected him um, he could he'll chew you out if you needed it um, he did it to me a few times <laughs> like that um, but there was a bit of banter and he loved to give Terry Max it he, he, Terry was his sidekick and I'd you know, like terry had the curly perm didn't he and uh, and he was starting to go gray and he'd say uh, like winter would come and he'd say oh look at poor terry mack look look at the frost on his head his gray hair and the, the lads would be laughing and so he'd always have a little bit of banter with terry terry was good terry was an encourager terry was a buffer i think that's the way even kevin described him a buffer for kevin for him and the players and um but, obviously, Terry had been a great player and he was very knowledgeable on the game. Uh, I liked him a lot. They were just a good, really good combination. And Derek Fazakli played a, a strong part as well because he was a very good defender. Yeah. So, he was good giving that defensive advice. And, obviously, can you
0: describe um, how Fazakli like played with David Kelly? I mean, he obviously scored the goal, yeah. which, again, Grimsby
3: and the scenes there were just unbelievable. And what mm. was,
0: what, what kind of player was he like?
3: Dave was, uh, Ke- Kelly was... Uh, I loved playing with, with Dave. Number one, he was a great guy. Uh, the, they loved him in the, the players loved him in the dressing room. could run all day, so he was qu- quite tall, not massive, but he was taller than me. Great to play up front with because he could take a little bit of the pressure off me being a small guy because he could win balls in the air. But he was, a, he was reasonably tall, but he could run as yeah. well. So the two of us could run. So that was like, you know, it wasn't like big man that was kind of static and small man that could run. The two of us could run and we had a good little link up uh, because we'd run all day. I think both of us had big hearts that would just, we'd keep going for the club. Um, and he just got on a run of goals as well. And we had a little bit of competition between us. I which was good. Which good. Was good. He's, he ripped a uh, penalty off me one day for his hat trick. I, I remember he, I was gonna take it and he snipped it off me. We had a wrestle on the ball at St. James's because he was on a hat trick. Fair play, he took it and he's, he scored. But Dave was a favorite of the fans and scored some big goals mm-hmm. like uh, in the relegation uh, when we avoided relegation uh, Portsmouth at home Big goal Great goal I uh, could score great goals And like right foot Left foot With the head So uh, Really like playing with David Probably would have Fallen short of being What Newcastle needed For number nine In the premiership Of course Shearer comes in So that says it all um, But uh, Did a great job For Newcastle In his time
0: What were the scenes like After that Grimms game when, when promotion was achieved?
3: Yeah, it was. I remember because I, I think I scored eighteen goals that season, and I missed quite a few through injury towards the end. I had a hamstring, so for me it was um, it was obviously sweet, but a little bit bitter because I was sad that I couldn't be on the field. I was on the bench that day for that game and the Leicester game, um, but it was uh, it was great because the relief as well as the elation. You're up. The relief, the depression builds and you kind of, you know, win all those games and then we got to February and we had a bit of a, a lull, I think, and then the pressure gets to you a little bit. Can you come through that bit? and Kevin said, you know, it always happens like this. And then we did. That night at Grimsby was wonderful and I, I remember in the dressing room after we are all celebrating and someone came up behind Kevin and they had a, a Gatorade Bucket. I don't know if you've seen, seen the scene. Energy, yeah. top. Of it. I think it was Dave Kelly. <laughs> I don't think he was too pleased, even though he was happy we
0: got promotion. Full of ice and water. And obviously, I mean, you mentioned they were on the bench for the Leicester game, but I mean, what a turnaround from the season before. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was up by six by half time yeah. the scoreboard,
3: and the fans on the. Sc- it's great scenes. Great scenes, and against Leicester from the Leicester game before, just it was so apt. Um, yeah, wonderful day, and um, the way that we did it in such style. I remember getting on the pitch for a little while there which was which was good and then just running around I remember they played the Queen song we are the champions and I remember uh, uh, my friend Pavel um, who'd won the hearts of the Geordies by then he just at one point just pulled off his shirt and it says Pavel is a Geordie underneath and that was an iconic moment in uh, in Newcastle football history uh, in Pavel. Life and it is something I always remember because I think me and everyone else will remember him as Pav the Jordy. Definitely, and then, you know your exit.
0: Uh, obviously, you left you went out to Chelsea. So just, just the right time, time to go.
3: It was a reason we I left. I would have stayed. I mean, I had contracts that was going longer. Um, but my son was born just like, a couple of weeks after that, his first child, and um, it was um, quite a traumatic uh, birth. Um, and he was born without his right hand and. It, it, we did. We only had one scan in those days, so we were. It was very shock. It was a shocking thing for us. Um, and of course, in those days, we we're trying to find out: is there anything else wrong? Heart, lungs, and he was fine. And a lot, a lot was known about limb deficiencies then. Um, and it was just the case. Kevin was brilliant. I just showed another side to the man. I was speaking with Kevin regularly and saying think my wife would like to move back to London, be near family at this time. And he said, well, look, I want you to stay. have got Beardsley coming in. think, you know, you could play well together. Um, but if your not, wife's not happy, you won't be happy. Football won't be at its best. I won't outprice you in the market. So he showed great compassion to me. And that summer, Glenn, just the timing, Glenn Hoddle got the Chelsea job. And he'd been interested in me a year before when he was at Swindon. And he called me up and said, fancy coming to Chelsea. And I knew it was just the right time.
0: I suppose the, the standard of strikers that came in after you just goes to show how highly you were held up here and you, you obviously Cole was there when he came in but yeah. Ferdinand and then obviously Sheer, Ferdinand and like Beardsley, Beardsley. You No know, the top quality players to come in with a place like you and David Kelly.
3: Yeah, no, I mean Coley was always going to be, become a great, uh, but yes and Newcastle okay. deserve great strikers, they need great strikers, the fans have always had uh, good strikers and um, and I think I think the partnership of Ferdinand and Shira was one of the best mm. of all time. Uh, great for me to watch. So yeah, tribute and uh, and yet yeah, I was part of maybe the building blocks for that entertainers era that followed.
0: Fantastic, and just fine. I mean, obviously you're uh, in Canada now. Yeah. Um, did you get to see much of the strikers that Newcastle got day and what do you what do you made them, or is the coverage a bit, bit sparse away? I,
3: I haven't seen Newcastle play yet this season, um, and I didn't see them last season because they they're not covering the games in mm. the lower division. Then, so yeah, looking forward to uh, to seeing Newcastle this season. Um, as I say, defensively, I think they'll be all right, but. Looking forward to, what's the, the striker scored Saturday is? Uh, yeah, just Yeah, Lou I think, you know, that's two goals I think he's got now. Um, important for a Newcastle striker to get off to a good start, confidence, confidence flows. You know, for instance, take Torres uh, a few years ago at Liverpool, you know, amazing, comes to Chelsea, disaster, and could never get it back. Is that the key for a striker to get off hit the uh, ground running? Confidence? You know, it is. I mean, you think of, the, you know, Mickey Quinn in my day, yeah. you know and I, even though I was an attacking midfielder, I did play striker for a bit. It wasn't long before I scored my first goal, and goals breed confidence in a striker and indeed to the fans. And uh, if there's one thing that Newcastle fans want, they want to hang their hat on a number nine. Definitely.
0: And obviously the sad news last, last week, you know, Freddie Sheppard passed away. Yeah, he was just getting involved in the club when you were there. Yep. I mean, what memories of, of Freddie do you, do you have?
3: Big, big friendly face. was always he's uh, been... had a word for the players. Um, uh, did some good things I think for Newcastle, he did some good deals. I think I remember him as a, as a man who really loved Newcastle Football Club uh, and wanted to see it, you know, like in an old school way. Loved the club for, the, for what it was. Not, not just as a business venture, but for what it was. And I think that's why people turned out and forced for his his funeral and, and there'd been all these fine tributes to him. So yeah, uh, I was very saddened to hear that, that Freddie had gone and I'll always remember him fondly. So what is life like over
0: in Canada? Obviously now you're, you're an elder. Uh, the church. Yeah, a church so what, what's what's life like yeah that,
3: so it? I've been ai was a Christian all my football career but hadn't really felt a call to ministry until I was working at the BBC uh, around about 2006 and I began to do some studies over here and preach a little bit in the church and then I said to my wife I'm going to give up what is the second dream career really and uh, take some time to prepare for ministry, I did my studies and we went to Canada to, for some anonymity really because my profile was very high on BBC at the time but the uh, the idea was to maybe come back after a few years. 2011 I was looking at coming back and I got offered a position at a church there and uh, I've stayed. Jake who was born here, Jake the Geordie is married now to a Canadian girl, he's 24 and our daughter Ava just got engaged so uh, life is, is good there, it's a, it's a great privilege, um, you know, uh, being a pastor, you're in, you're in people's lives, you're, you're, you're t- preaching and teaching the word of God, and you're, in, you're invited into people's lives at the highest points of their lives, you know, marriages and, and babies being born, and, and at the lowest point with, with funerals and, and illness and sickness, and you're walking them through that and pointing them to what the word says about who Jesus Christ is as the as Lord and Saviour for who will, will believe in him so it's a great great privilege and uh, I wouldn't give it up uh, wouldn't have given it up for anything Fantastic. and just finding what's it like to be back in Newcastle. I think you're heading up to Sir James Park in a bit to see the, the ground I mean it must be nice to be back I'm going to get on that pitch if I get a <laughs> chance I'm going on that pitch and if someone gives me a ball I'm going to smash it in the back of the net um, no I just pulling up on the train today I, you know, I got the goosebumps just I saw the stadium and um, I haven't been here for years. And uh, and so when I go back uh, onto that pitch in a, in a few minutes' time, it'll be a special moment for me. Um, I just, uh, It's hard to explain when you've played for Newcastle and you've had a time of, of relative success. And, and I think in particular, you've had a rapport with the fans. Because I think there are some players now that play for Newcastle, they may be big money players, and they have a couple of years and they go... I don't think that they have that same rapport with the fans that we had or certainly I was able to have in my time here in those special days um, and that makes it feel like coming home and makes it feel like family and I think in the end really that, that's what football is about it's, it's, it's about the players playing for the team that belongs to the fans and I, I, when I was here we would do a social event sometimes as Newcastle players and someone says to me, Gavin, you don't know what it means to us as fans, he says, to watch you guys on, on a Saturday. Some of our lives, are, they're hard, they're tough. He says, "And it, it, it's the pinnacle of our week. It lifts us. He said, people will come in and they'll be out celebrating if Newcastle win. they stay in if they don't. And it has an effect on the, on the whole of the city. So um, that's what I got, I think, when I was here. I got that. And, uh, and so I... I'll I, I really enjoy this, uh, this day that I'm here.
0: Fantastic. We just hope that Mike Ashley will uh, understand that maybe sooner rather than later, that I feel mm. that it means to the yeah, fans. indeed. But um, thank you very much for joining us. We'll let you get off to uh, uh, put the goal in the back of the net.
1: Thanks. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love.
2: Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband.